In Romans chapter 8 and verse number 18. For I reckon uh, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse number 19 said, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Uh, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, uh, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know uh, that the whole creation groaneth and tra travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but uh, ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Uh, verse 24 said, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For man, uh, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we uh, with patience wait for it. Now look in verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints. Now notice this clause here, this last phrase, according to the will of God. He's praying for you, but he's praying for you and your situation according to the will of God. Sometimes we want our own way, don't we? Sometimes we want things to happen our way, don't we? Sometimes we will have th things to happen on our time, don't we? But he's praying, he's making intercession uh, for the saints according uh, to the word, of our excuse me, to the will of God. Look back with me if you, verse number 26 there. And the Bible said, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we all, at verse number 26, I believe many of us have lived through times like this. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for the next little while, I ask you, God, that you help us. That God, you make preaching easy for us, that you give us, uh, Lord, what we have need of in this time, in this place, in this hour. Now, Lord, uh, help us, Lord God, uh, to receive your word. I pray, God, that you touch every person that's came carrying a heavy burden. Uh, that tonight, Lord God, they've got problems, they've got difficulties, whatever it is they're facing. Lord, I'm thankful that, God, you are the God uh, that is above all of it. And, Lord, I just ask you that you touch us and that you help us in this time we have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to preach just a little while on the idea, groanings to be the words. 
Groanings to deep for words. Have you ever been through something and uh, you tried to put it into words? You tried to explain it. You tried to make other, pe other people understand it, uh, but you could not put into words exactly what you were feeling. You could not put into words exactly what you were going through. I'm thankful, Brother Ronnie, that when I go through seasons like that, I'm thankful that my Heavenly Father knows exactly what I'm going through. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me knows exactly how I'm feeling. And I, I'm thankful, Raymond, uh, that when I can't put it into words, the verse number 26 said, that the Spirit puts it into words for me. Amen. Uh, what a wonderful truth uh, to look at that tonight. And I, I want to share just a couple things out of the verses we've read uh, here this evening and look at uh, these groanings uh, that we read about here. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 said, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. That word groan uh, there, or groaneth, means to sigh, to groan under a burden. It would be like someone to uh, put a heavy burden on you and, and mm. have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like something happened and it just seemed like the weight of the world all of a sudden had pressured you and pushed you down and there was a groan down on the deep on the inside of you? Uh, there, there was a sigh, there was a burden uh, that was placed on you. Well, way back in the Garden of Eden, uh, creation experienced a burden put on it that shouldn't have ever been there because Adam and Eve uh, decided they would disobey God. Uh, they, they failed God. They disobeyed God. And with that came the fall and the curse on mankind and the curse on this earth. Uh, the creation, we see creation uh, groans there. Uh, we see its experience there because of the sin uh, of Adam. Uh, Adam chose to walk in rebellion uh, against the clear command of God. And because of that, creation was under a curse. The reason our world is the way it is, the reason uh, things happen the way they do, is because the curse is on this earth. And people ask sometimes, why did this ha have to happen? Why did we have to go through this? Why did, why did bad things happen to good people? It's because the curse is on mankind, the curse is on this earth. I, I can't begin to understand uh, how you may feel if maybe you've buried a baby. Maybe you've lost a child. But I can tell you the reason that we go through the things we go through is because we're under the curse of sin. Can you imagine what it may have been like for Adam? The Bible said that he'd go walk with God in the cool of the day. And one day he decided, I, you know, the Bible's not real clear how long Adam and Eve lived in the garden. We don't know just exactly how long that they lived in this paradise state, this wonderful state, this sinless state, this perfect state. We don't know how long that happened, but we do know uh, that Satan decided he was going to tempt them. And Satan, uh, he's still working the same way. He spoke to Eve, and what did he say to her? Yea, hath God said. Is this really what God said? And he began to question some things. And she began to wonder, maybe God really isn't for me. 
Maybe God really is. Uh, there's more to it than this. He said, the minute that you uh, you take of the, the fruit of that tree, then you'll be like God. And you'll know good and evil. And Eve took, took that fruit. Of course, we know the story. Gave it to Adam. And Adam chose to do that. Here comes God walking in the cool of the day like he did as, at many other times. And God and Adam knew that he was naked. God asked him, how did you know? Who told you? You were naked. He's hiding from God. See, up until now, he enjoyed a fellowship with God. He enjoyed everything that was there in the garden. And, and up until this moment, uh, everything was wonderful. Everything was great. Uh, and now sin has entered in. Now the curse is getting ready to be placed uh, on mankind and on the earth. Uh, and all of a sudden, things begin to change. Uh, all of a sudden, things are different. Uh, uh, the Bible says that God put Adam and Eve outside the garden. He made, he slew animals, uh, and he covered their nakedness. Uh, and he sent them outside the garden and said, you'll never go in here again. And Brother Ronnie, uh, the lion that he once uh, uh, could pet and had tamed, uh, uh, now the lion uh, was a, a danger to him. Everything has changed. Uh, the bee, the serpent, uh, the snake, uh, everything has changed. All because of sin. One of these days we will live in a Garden of Eden type ex existence during the millennial reign. When Jesus comes back, he'll set up. Did the Bible not say that the lamb will lay down with the lion? The Bible said that babies would play over snakes' uh, pits and it would be fine. They wouldn't have to worry about being bit. Uh, we're going back to there. And I believe with all my heart that creation itself groans to get back to where that's at. Uh, I, I told you I was going to share this with you a little bit. Uh, I've done some study. Uh, I did this several years ago and I updated it uh, this week. But... I went to the United States uh, Geological Survey website. You can do this yourself. I went there and I typed in how many earthquakes were there uh, of, of a magnitude of 6.0 or more in the whole earth during these time frames. As you can see the numbers there, one jumps to three, two, two, five, four, 1950 uh, to 69, from 60 to 70, there's 13. Does anybody know what happened in 1967? Does anybody remember what happened in 1967? In 1948, um, Israel became a nation. 1948. 1967, they uh, had, had, had became uh, the, the, the state or the nation that we know today. And from that, uh, that time moving forward, you can see how things start to escalate. In the 70s, 51. In the 80s, 86. In the 90s, 152. In the 2000 time frame, 1,682 earthquakes. Creation groans. I believe with all my heart that this very earth is groaning for redemption. See, the Bible tells us, in, according to uh, what God told Adam, he said, you're going to go work. You're going to go work by the sweat of your brow. And you're going to have briars and thistles. 
And how many of you have ever, ever had a garden and feel like that's what it was like? Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I don't have the, necessarily have a great thumb. Uh, there are times, Brother, Brother Glenn, it seems like I, I've done what I, what I thought I was supposed to do, and the makers didn't come in like they're supposed to do. And I say thank God for some kind church people that bring the preachers of homegrown makers. Amen. It goes right there. Uh, but uh, Adam didn't have anybody come by his house. Adam didn't have to lock his doors when he went to church because somebody's going to uh, leave some, uh, some of their vegetables in his, in his car or anything like that. Adam didn't have, to, didn't have anything like that. Well, he had to work by the sweat of his brow. And ladies, uh, uh, the Bible said uh, uh, that Eve uh, would, would, have, would give forth birth through much pain and travail because of the curse. Everything changed because of that creation. So we look at creation's experience. We see creation's expression again in verse number 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Those words literally are the same words that are used when a, a woman does give birth to a child, groan and travail. I don't. We don't have to go back to your experience because you, 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 most of you remember it pretty well. Uh, you remember what it was like to go through that, and because of sin, because of the curse. We see that creation itself feels that way. Creation's expression. Uh, the Bible tells us there uh, that there would be earthquakes. There'd be uh, famine in the land. There'd be death. There'd be pestilence. Uh, you see all this. You can read this in Mark chapter 13, Matthew chapter 24. Uh, you can find these uh, uh, that were told that were going to happen. You can read uh, through the book of Revelation and see all this is happening. Uh, but creation's expectation is this, uh, that it will be delivered. Hey, hey, I'm glad, praise be to God, God don't leave us uh, in a mess, uh, but God's going to take us out. Uh, God's going to fix us up. Uh, God's going to change this old mud ball called earth. Uh, and one of these days, uh, he'll make a brand new one. Hey, hey, I'm telling the child of God, uh, God's got it all figured out. Look up. Uh, Verse number 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, the Bible says creature there. So that leads me to believe it's not just creation, but creatures. I wonder, now this is, this is just some, some dosterology right here, so it ain't going to get you a whole lot. You take this and a dollar, so you might, well, it'd probably take you more than a dollar. Uh, but if you're a senior, you might get a, get a, get a small coffee uh, with some dosterology and a dollar or so. And, uh, but I wonder if God has not wired it into animals, the creature, to want for the change to happen. So many of us 
who have living souls on the inside of us. So many of our world don't want anything to do with God, the Word of God, uh, the Spirit of God, the work of God, anything like that. I wonder, it, I, I, wish, I wish I would have had time to uh, study this out. There's, there's several verses in the Bible that talks about how that the birds sing and how that they're singing in the earth. And Brother, Brother Glenn, I can't help but be reminded that as the sun starts to come up, those little old birds start to sing a song. And I just believe in my heart that they're singing praise and glory uh, to a holy God. I believe that they're giving God praise and God glory. In fact, Jesus said it like this. Uh, they said, hush, uh, hush them up. Uh, make them be quiet. Make them, uh, uh, make them hush of what they're saying. He said, if these don't cry out, uh, immediately the rocks will cry out. Uh, I believe uh, that God has created this world, earth. Uh, I believe that God has created this world uh, in such a fashion to bring him uh, glory in these last days. Uh, so we see creation groans for him. But I want to get here, look if you will there in verse number 23. The Bible says this, uh, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. I don't care who's told you this, but I'm going to tell you what I believe the Bible teaches in many places. When you got saved, God did not save your flesh. God did not redeem your flesh. God saved your spirit. God saved your soul down on the inside of you. And from that day to, uh, to the day that you live in and the day you go home to meet with him, you're going to have to learn to subdue. You're going to have to learn to, uh, to mortify, put to death this old body of the flesh. I believe that in ourselves uh, that we have a groaning sometimes. Uh, there's an agony uh, that goes on in our uh, selves. See, because the Bible said that we were given the first fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Brother Glenn, uh, when I got saved, when you got saved, uh, the Holy Spirit looked down on the inside of you. Uh, and God's been working in your life. Uh, and God's been working. And God's been doing things uh, in our soul. Uh, and from, uh, from that day to this, uh, uh, God's been helping us uh, to see things that are wrong in our own life. Uh, uh, the things that we used to could do and get by with. Uh, things we used to could do and enjoy. Now there's no fun in them anymore. There's no joy in them anymore. If you can sin and get by with it, if you can sin and enjoy it and live in that lifestyle, you've never been saved. They went out from us, for they were not of us. Had they been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out from us that it might be made manifest that were not all of us. First John 2 and verse number 19. If you can live in that lifestyle and stay in that lifestyle, I don't believe that you've ever been born again. You say, preacher, that's awful judgmental. I'm just telling you, there, there's many other verses we can go through in the Bible. If you can live like you used to live, since the Bible said, I'm a new creation. I am a, a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
Now there's something about the new creature that don't like the old stuff. <laughs> that old man, man, he liked to belly up to the bar. That old man, he liked to watch stuff. That old man liked to run over here and run over there. But that new man, <laughs> there's something about that new man. He, he just can't get any satisfaction in that anymore. Every time he runs to that, he watches that, he pours that down. There's something down on the inside of him that says this ain't right. This is not where you need to be. This is not what you need to be doing. I'm thankful for the nudging of the Holy Ghost. When I got the first fruit, the down payment, the, uh, the deposit of the Spirit in my life, the Holy Spirit sensitized me and He sensitized us to sin. We become sensitive to sin around us and sin in, in us. If sin doesn't bother us, we've got a spirit, serious spiritual problem. If you can be around sin, live neck deep in sin, and it not bother you, you need to check up on your salvation. Hallelujah. Preacher, I didn't come over here on Wednesday night to hear all that. Well, I didn't come necessarily to say all that, but here, there it is. <laughs> Every one of us has a, within us, a sense of longing to be delivered from the sinful, mortal flesh. Did Paul not say in chapter number 7, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Now, I'll just be honest with you. I have not been stoned and left for dead. I've not spent a night and a day in the deep. I've not been beaten three times, 39 stripes, they believe 40 would kill a man. 40 saved one, the Bible said. Said he was beaten three times, left for dead, spent a night and a day in the deep, been in, in prisons often, been through everything that he's went through, planted every church to the Gentiles in, those, in that day. The reason that you and I have, the God, have heard the gospel is because of one man. And that man was Paul the Apostle. The missionary Paul. Sure, God worked in him. But he allowed God to have first place in his life. And if Paul would say it like this, Gage, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? If Paul had a problem with it, I guarantee you, Robert Fraley's got a problem with it. Uh, Patricia Honeyman's got a problem with it. Gage Doster has a problem with it. Miss Carolyn Watson got a problem with it. We all got a problem with it. Because ain't none of us living like Paul did. You just might as well say amen out there. <laughs> Some people, well, I just don't have a problem saying anymore. You got a problem lying. <laughs> well, yes, you preacher, that's awful rude. First John, what did he say? If we say we have no sin, we're a liar. And the truth's not in us. That's right. 
If Paul had a problem, if Paul called out, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me? I, I believe that you and I, I are going to have an agony inside of us. Uh, there's going to be a longing uh, to be what he is. Uh, and there's going to be a hatred uh, for what we do, uh, how we fail, how we mess up. But I'm glad, praise be to God, I've got a hope. I've got something uh, to look forward to. I've got something to go on in. Uh, look what the Bible said here in verse number 24. For we uh, are saved by hope, but hope that's not seen is not a hope that uh, what a man uh, seeth. Why does he have hope for? What he's saying is this. Uh, you've not yet attained everything that you're going to attain. Paul said it to the church of Philippi like this in chapter number 3. I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. Let me, let me read that to you. I press toward the mark for the high calling in Christ Jesus. Uh, verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Uh, listen to what the Bible said here in verse number uh, verse number 7. He said, uh, but what things were gained to me, those I count for loss, yea, doubtless I count all things, uh, but loss for the excellency uh, of the knowledge of Christ uh, Jesus my Lord, uh, for whom I have suffered loss of all things, uh, and do count them but dung, uh, but that I may win Christ. Uh, Paul was pressing in. Paul was saying, uh, you know there's a whole lot behind, because uh, I got yeah. I got a hope that lies before. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and I don't care if you believe it or not, I believe Paul wrote the Hebrews too. He yeah. said this. He said, uh, now hope, uh, now faith rather, is the substance hope for the evidence of things not seen. Uh, the reason I know that God's not done with me yet, because I don't have it all yet. I've seen some things that I ain't touched yet. I've got some things that God's gave me in the night that I have not been able to leave. Nobody, uh, uh, you, you're no good for nothing. You're washed 
Here we go. This is the best part, I reckon. There's a, we, know, we read about the comforter and his role. Verse 26 says it like this. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we are. How many of you have ever got a phone call? Well, <laughs> you pray so <laughs> I got a phone call one time. I bet you ain't, got a, you ain't never used a rotary phone. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's going to talk to what? Where was that preacher talking about? <laughs> uh, but you got a phone call, you got a letter in the mail, a meeting, whatever. And what you got in that conversation literally floored you. Changed the whole projectile and projected projection of your life. You didn't know what you was going to do. I was talking to someone here recently. They said, well, we had a five-year plan. And then calamity happened. Their health fell apart. And that five-year plan was just wiped out. Some of us, we got big ideas. Well, I got a goal by the end of this year. This is going to happen. In five years, in ten years, by the time this and this is going this way things are gonna be. Things might happen that completely derail your plan. Sometimes you don't even know how to pray. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Miss Carolyn, I'm thankful that when I don't even know the words to start praying, that according to the Bible, the spirit is already praying. <laughs> He's already having conversation with God. Brother Glenn, that helps me because I try to live right. I try to do right. I try to stay in fellowship with God. I try to stay in communion with God. But there's sometimes, I'll just be honest with you, I'm like Paul. I'm just messed up. I'm struggling. I'm not where I need to be. But I'm thankful that the Bible said he is seated on, the, seated on the right hand of God, and he's making intercession for you and for me. Amen. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But I like the latter part of this verse. It says it like this. But the Spirit, hallelujah, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Hallelujah. I'm glad for the sustaining power of the Comforter. Jesus was there and it's John chapter 17. Jesus spoke to his disciples. He said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another Comforter. And he's coming back. Hallelujah. I'm glad he sent the Spirit of God to do in your heart and do in my life what only he can do. I'm thankful for the comforter in my life. Amen. He sustains us. Luke chapter 10 tells us that uh, he takes our burden from us. I was, uh, I was talking to someone, I don't remember who it was, here not too long ago. And uh, I, I know exactly who it was. I went on Monday 
Daniel had this procedure, and I was leaving to go to whatever I was doing next. And I ran into a preacher out in the parking lot. And uh, the thing about preachers is, Brother, brother, brother Hurd always told us they, they're all about the same. They're built kind of low to the ground, a little bit wide. And uh, I figured this guy out real quick because this must be a preacher. And we got to talking for a second there in the parking deck. And man, it wasn't, I, brother, brother Ron, it wasn't just a minute or two in that conversation. His spirit was bearing witness with my spirit. And he's telling me about what God had been doing in his life. He told me about when he got saved back in 1970s. He's a little bit older than me. He got saved in the 70s. He said, I was a drug dealer. I was, uh, I was into drugs and did drugs. He showed me. He said, I'm missing teeth because I did meth. And uh, I mean, just all that. And he said, I'll never forget going down to that church that night. My mom had been praying for me. And I don't even know why I went there. Uh, he said, somebody had been begging me to come, and finally he went. He said, this is back in the days when they prayed you through. And he said, they got him down there in the altar. They just got to praying over him. And he said, preacher, it felt literally like somebody took a corkscrew and put it in front of my chest. And out of the back of my back, all the burden and pressure just leaked out. It's just, it was gone. And Raymond, I, I didn't have that same experience, but I knew exactly what he's talking about. Because there's been many times from the day he saved me till now that the Spirit had began to pray on my behalf. And I'm glad that he prayed with groanings that could not be uttered. He began to call out and pray for things I didn't even know to pray about. The Comforter sustained us. The Comforter speaks for us. I'm glad he's got a direct line with God the Father. He talked to him anytime. I'm thankful, hallelujah, that I've got a God that loves me that much. And he put the Holy Ghost down on the inside of me. And he does talking to God the Father on my behalf. Amen. The Comforter speaks for us. How many times have you been through something? And there's a lot of people that'll say, well, preacher, I was going to come down to their altar and I needed prayer, but I just didn't know what to say. And I try to tell them, you don't have to know what to say. You just let the Spirit do the saying. I found, Brother Raymond, that those prayers get answered a whole lot more. That's some eloquent speech we got put up. We, we, we're going to say all the stuff we're going to say. <laughs> Remember what the prodigal son, Miss Becky, if you want to come up. He, uh, he was going back home. And he said, he said, I'll say to my father, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned to, uh, before you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Let me be a hired servant. How many servants did he have? Was he brave enough to spare? He had this big old speech wrote out. Had this big old speech in his mind. When he, when he started going back home, the father ran to where he was and never heard one word of the speech he had in mind. Because God, the father, saw the spirit was broken. 
Amen. Can I tell you this tonight? God knows your spirit. You might be broken tonight. I want you to stand with me as she begins to play. I wonder how many of us tonight, how many of us just come and gather around these altars and come and say, oh God, I need your help. Oh God, I'm thankful. Lord, when I, I cannot pray, I'm thankful when all I can do is grow. When it's too hurtful, it's too hard, it's too heavy, it's too deep. Lord, I'm thankful that there's something on the inside of me that's calling out to you on my behalf. 